Hello and welcome to episode 233 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. The Group 1 Dewhurst Stakes and the ultra-competitive Cesarowicz Handicap highlight the second day of the Dubai Future Champions Festival at Newmarket on Saturday. I caught up with trainer David Pipe, who runs the new recruit Wordsworth in the Big Handicap this weekend. We also preview races at York on Saturday, as they host their final meeting of the year on the Knavesmire. City AM Racing editor Bill Esdale previews the best of this weekend's racing action, plus Wally Pyra looks ahead to a good card on Sunday in Sha Tin in Hong Kong. So, Bill, a lot of two-year-old races coming up this weekend, certainly at Newmarket, and we'll have a look at the Newmarket TV races and a couple from York as well. It's their final meeting of the season up there in York. But some of the news stories that have been hitting this week, and we should start off with Frankie Dettori, who, surprise, surprise, is not going to retire now, and he's going to go and live in Santa Anita. It's a beautiful area, lovely place to live. And he's going to ride on for a little while longer, at least, in the USA. What are your thoughts on this? It's kind of been mixed, really. A lot of people saying he's taking the mick. They've done all this celebrating and reminiscing and all these special days they've had at race courses. And now he's not going to retire, or at least for the time being. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's... um. It was no real big surprise, to be honest, because I think it's been kind of brewing in recent weeks that um, things have gone well for Frankie this season, and it's all gone past in a flash, and the guy's not ready to retire. And there was a lot of vitriol on social media, as there is most days, about Frankie yesterday, and I can't get away from the fact that, as a sport, we're lucky to have him. As a sport, we should be gracious that he's still involved. Uh, Look, he's going to be in another side of the world. He's going to be riding out in America, and... But he's still going to do Saudi. He's going to do Dubai. Um, I think he's a certainty to turn up at Ascot next year. Yeah. I know he's saying he won't because this will be his last rides in England. Um, but I think that's part of the narrative because obviously a lot of work's gone into Champions Day next week. And also there's a big retirement dinner. So he's got to hold on to the narrative that, that this will be his last rides in England. But it just won't be, will it? You know, if he's riding Wesley Ward two-year-olds and they're coming over to Ascot, there's no way he won't come over for that. He's got family over here. Uh, look, he, he's He's... He's doing the right thing by him. And look, he's in his early 50s. Leicester was riding classic winners at 57. And I, I wouldn't go, you know, Frankie's in better physical nick than Leicester was, mm. um, you know, and uh, uh, at this stage of his career. And he's riding really well. Why not carry on? It's, it's good for his mental health. It's good for his bank balance. Let him do it. I think it'll soon be forgotten that he's retired. I, I genuinely, I said to someone this morning, I wouldn't be surprised if he rode at Ascot 2025. I wow. think he's not in a hurry to retire. I think he's in good physical physical shape. Uh, I think he toyed with the idea. He thought out loud about retiring, got a whole lot of love from the industry, rode, rode some great races, got some good winners. And look, I think he'll carry on. But I, I think we must look at the bigger picture and it's good for the sport. Okay. And then on the Grand National that came out this week. A couple of changes there um, for next season. 34, the maximum field, down from 40. Some of the fences have been lowered. The start is a standing start now. They're not being able to trot in. And the first fence is going to be closer to the start than it has been so that they're not going so quick when they go to the first fence. 
again, a lot of negative on social media, which you expect because that's basically what it, it caters for now. But any of those new changes, they're going to be any good for the race, or is it just sort of please the those from outside watching in? Yeah, it, it, I had a good chat with Davey Russell yesterday, and he's, you know, there wouldn't be many people have had as many goes over the national fence as him, and um, national fences, and also, you know, having ridden two grand national winners. He, he was very interesting over some of the changes, and, you know, he made the point that, um, you know, there's a good blog of written for star sports which is a ghosted for davy um and it's well worth a read because he ma- he makes the point look the number that reducing the number to 34 is fine but you're giving away a lot of ground there could it have been two could it have been four mm-hmm. um he also made the point that um the moving the the start closer to the first fence is fine it's good in principle because it helps slow them down but making it a standing start, which they're doing, completely negates that. He said, because if horses miss the pop, they're going to be hurried up by their jockeys and end up going faster to the first than they would have done because of the standing start. So right. you give with one hand and take with the other. So wasn't overly impressed with that. And I, and I, I would agree. I, I think that's a bit kind of non, nonsensical, um, particularly now you're reducing the field size to 36. Um and the other point that he made, which is a very valid point, is the the committee that's put together to look at scratchy or, or, or bad jumpers. He said that Tiger Roll made terrible mistakes in every race he ever ran in. So mm-hmm. would he now be deemed a a non a, a non not suitable for a Grand National? Vanillier, you know, look at Vanillier, who was placed in the race last year. Uh, he clouts every other fence. He doesn't look like mm-hmm. falling, but he doesn't jump brilliantly. So I don't think that's an exact science. But look, it's easy to sit on the sidelines and crab. Um, they're all trying to do it for the better of the race. They've got the the, the racing's interest at heart, and they're trying to prolong it. And look, I can can comment it from a kind of journalistic point of view, from a PR point of view. You do need to make changes. You need to keep evolving the race if you want to keep it. You've got to keep evolving it. And the Grand National, as it stood, with forty runners, with the odd bits of melee and 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 kind of potential disasters at the first and second and different different tricky fences it wouldn't it wouldn't stand the further test of time so it needs to evolve and keep evolving and it wouldn't surprise me if in five years time we've got a 30 runner race um and that may well be where where it heads but i'd rather have a grand national with 30 runners than than, than not have it at all okay i'm sure that's going to carry on being discussed over the next few weeks we'll see how that all uh develops and with the, the national and we know what's happening with frankie now uh, we'll talk about the weather in a moment we're going to talk about a couple of your horses and uh, the hurdler going chasing this season rare edition when seed you out this uh this new jump season yeah well he, he was going to go to fast lass on sunday but like ever they've had loads of rain the ground's gone soft um there was a nice kind of novices limited handicap for him to go in um he's not going to go there anymore it's just just not worth it. It's going to be too hard work off, off top weight, so he won't be declared for that. Um, instead, we're looking at two options next week. Um, we either go to Weatherby on Wednesday, probably likely to in the handicap, um, or Carlisle on Thursday. Charlie's really happy with him, desperate to get him started. Um, so Weatherby Wednesday over fences, first time up with Brian Hughes riding. And on the flat, you had Thunderbear, who you spoke brilliantly of ahead of his Newbury victory what, uh, three weeks ago when he came out and won over that um, five furlongs on heavy going. 
he's racing this weekend, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he's out. He's back out in action over six furlongs at Nace on Saturday. On the ground's gone heavy there, so the rain's come, which is great. Only the seven runners, another small field. Um, he has to carry a penalty there. He's got a five pound penalty for the Group Three win. Um, but he is going to run, yeah, tomorrow three twenty five at Nace. Ronan Whelan takes the ride. Jack's really happy with him. He says he's flying at home. Disappointed if he doesn't go close. He's got probably Big Gossy to beat, um, who's a horse who's rated a bit higher than him, an older horse, and he's got to give him five pounds. And, and you know he's rated a couple of pounds higher, so that won't be easy. But it'll be hopefully a race that's that he's got a great chance in. Well, good luck with those two. It'll be a busy week for you. And in two runners after having a bit of a gap with the King of Stars not being able to run for a while, so that'll be exciting for you and all those people following you. And certainly those involved in the the syndicates, we're looking forward to that. Yeah, just a word on on King of Stars. He, he's um, the last time we spoke about him, the, the prognosis wasn't great. He he's actually doing remarkably well. Touchwood. He's he's had two months in in rehab. He's had the chip taken out of his knee. Um, please God, he hasn't taken a lame step since. Uh, he's actually back now with Mick and Johnny. Uh, Johnny sat on him for the first time this week and was delighted with him. And he, please God, will do, do he's just trotting and he'll do a light bit of work and then we'll put a, give him the, the winter out and then hopefully put, put him back into training for next next summer. So um, exciting times potentially with King of Stars back on track if he's um, if he can um, kind of rub, rub off and... and get better from this kind of injury so fingers crossed oh that's good news that's a nice update there for you thanks for that with king of stars coming back that'd be great to to see the front runner the gray out in front trying to hold on to every yard out in the lead which he, he does uh, so well and uh, he battles all the way for you lovely horse to have uh, you mentioned a bit of the heavy ground going over in the uh, in Ireland, what's what's the weather going to be like, Newmarket? Because we've had a dry spell, but then it's been raining like cats and dogs that were quite heavy over the, the last few days. I think it's going to continue into the weekend, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it was difficult. I did the anti-post column for CTM on on Wednesday, which we'll, we'll cover um, later in the column, but in in the podcast, uh, the ground was good to firm earlier in the week with rain forecast but small volumes of rain but the forecast has kind of dramatically changed over the last kind of few days and the, and the, the volumes that hit have been much bigger uh than they thought um at the time of recording on friday morning they had 18 millimeters of rain on thursday um they had 10 millimeters of rain thursday night into friday morning um and they've got rain in and around middle of the afternoon you know, could be anything five to fifteen mils. Um, ground's already soft. Going stick six point one. It's definitely turned the ground. Um, Saturday set to be fair, but I'm working on the basis that it could be quite hard, hard work if they get the higher end of the forecast today, towards the end of the day and into the into tomorrow. It could be quite hard work. New market. Okay, that could change a lot of people's ideas. For the uh, all of the big races there, certainly the big handicap, the Cesarowicz. We'll talk to David Pipe. I spoke to him on Thursday morning, just before Dex. He's got a couple of runners in the Cesarowicz, and we'll hear from David in a few minutes' time. We'll start our preview at Newmarket then, and a lot of two-year-old races coming up. It's a future weekend there at Newmarket, the race Friday and Saturday, of course. On Saturday, they start at one twenty-five. With the autumn stakes over the rolling miles, seven runners 
Guy in the Post. We've got the Godolphin Ancient Wisdom, who's won two of his three, the Dubawi, up against the Galileo of Chief Little Rock, who's won one of his three. He's been second on the other two occasions. Ryan Moore for Aidan O'Brien, of course. Uh, Arabic Legend goes for Andrew Balding. Two runs for another son of Dubawi. Orn goes here for John and Thady Gosden in Al Shakab colours. He's only had the one run. That was on your weather. He won at Kempton. Two-year-olds, uh, again, this time of the year. Some of them have been off a little bit. Ancient Wisdom, 77 days. Arabic Legend, 59. But Chief Little, right, only around three weeks ago. How did you see the opener? Yeah, not ideal ground um, for these two-year-old races. You know, it's, it's the danger of this time of year. It looked like it was going to be perfect ground um, this weekend. And here we are on soft, possibly worse um, come Saturday, depending on what, what falls. Um, only the seven runners for the opener. I, was, I thought this was quite trappy, to be honest. Um, I, I was interested in Chief Little Rock um, at around the 92 mark. He just looks a bit slow, and that's a bit cruel to say that, but he doesn't do anything quickly. So the rain probably helps him. Um, yeah. It was a good run run at the Cairo last time. <clears throat> he ran ran on behind deep one, but didn't do anything quickly. And I'm always worried in these when they step up in class in races like this, whether they're going to be vulnerable. Now, the favourite's going to be Ancient Wisdom um, for Charlie Appleby, who we haven't seen since... Um, finishing third at Ascot on King George Day behind Rosalian. Um was favourite that day and didn't run bad, but was was kind of um put firmly put in his place. But that was, you know, he's he's by Jabawi out, out of Golden Valentine. And Golden Valentine going back through the form was uh, a, a a mare who handled bad ground, one on heavy ground. So uh, being a Jabawi out of a heavy ground mare, the, the ground shouldn't inconvenience that ancient wisdom. Um, step up and trip should help. But look, the, the market's got this right. Um, ancient wisdom's probably the 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 one to beat at kind of twos. The danger looks to be Chief Little Rock. Um, if I had to have a bet in the race, I'd probably have to go with the favourite just because I think that um, he's got that mixture of speed and a bit of class. Um, we saw what Rosalian did in France, so that form's been boosted. And yeah, I think Ancient Wisdom will take take some some beating. Um, two to one is a is a fair enough bet. I think I think it'll be hard to beat. Uh, one that could go well at a double figure price per contra. Uh, Ollie Sankster's horse um, just run a couple of times, won both of those starts. The, the, the latest of those was at Foss Last, but it was on background. It was an egg and spoon race, but it was on background, so he showed he could come cover it well and handle the conditions well. Will relish the step up and trip, but it's got a fair bit to find on the front too. But look, tread carefully. I think Ancient Wisdom will win, but I wouldn't be in a hurry to have too big a bet in the opener. We've got the Group 1 at 2 o'clock, which is unusual, quite early in the day, the second race for the Dewhurst Stakes, over seven furlongs, and eight may go to post. They say that because City of Troy is the odds-on favourite for Aiden and for Ryan, unbeaten in his two, and he ran brilliantly at Newmarket on July Cup Day when he won there by six and a half lengths, beat Hartem, who we know is a very good horse. They were questioning on that day whether he was going to go on soft, and I don't think Aiden wanted him to go on soft ground because he said he can handle it, but he's a better horse on a firmer surface. And But if you're saying it's going to be quite heavy by Saturday, I would wonder if they're going to run him at all. He's got Iberian to take on, who beat Sunway at Donny and was behind Hartem himself at Goodwood, having won his 
debut and we've seen these races where there's been like a match between two really good horses city of troy and iberian and we've seen that one of them hasn't turned up on the day there has to be a major chance that if it's really bad on saturday newmarket that they won't risk city of troy yeah well it's, it was funny because at the uh the entry stage early in the week um he had henry longfellow in and um, when i was doing the anti-post column i was very close to putting henry longfellow up as a bet at 12s because I felt that they would declare both and pull out one Hmm. um, like they did the last time and they didn't this time round um, which I found really strange because I thought Henry Longfellow was a great bet at 12s and I said so in the column I didn't actually put him up because I didn't think they'd do it in the end but um, I I felt that he was a great bet at 12s because I thought he'd end up being kind of five to two favourite if City of Troy came out Um, Aiden came out earlier in the week and said that rain or shine, whatever rain they get, he's going to run City of Troy because it's his last run of the season. Um, I think he's kind of put a marker in the sand, as you say, that he probably wishes he hadn't because I don't think he expected the volumes of rain to come because they were talking about five and ten mils on good to firm ground. It was going to be good, good to soft at worst. And I think he thought it might be good to soft, soft at worst, not soft bordering on heavy if it gets really bad. So mm. um, I agree with you. There could there could be some changes. Look, he's, he's, he's the best, visually he's the best two-year-old we've seen this season. Uh, this is a race that Godolphin target, uh, Coolmore and Godolphin target, but, but Coolmore target. Um, He's going to be very hard to beat, even on bad ground. But he does have a fast ground action, and that worries me. Um, I wouldn't be in a hurry to take twos on. I think he'll be very likely that he'll win. But I couldn't back him at twos on. Iberian handled soft ground last time, but he's another one who got stuck in the mud a bit at Goodwood. He wouldn't want really bad ground. Um, he looked really smart at, at Doncaster. Um, you know, we saw saw uh, Richard Hannon's horse come out and win in France after that. They, they set the bar really high. It's difficult from a betting point of view. Looking at the prices now on Friday morning, uh, if there's a bet in the race, it might well be Andrew Balding's horse, Array, the horse that, that won it in, in the mud at Newby last time. Uh, look, it's a big step up in class. It's a, it's a step up in distance. It was that was six furlongs. He won the one at Newbury in the in the Mill Reef on, on really bad ground, but he knuckled um, to the task well. Was well on top late on. There was loads of money around for him. They knew the ground would suit. Um, he's had loads of goes, and I love the fact that he comes here with loads of runs under his belt because he'll be straight and true. Um, you'd love there to be eight runners. That's that's the only concern. Um, I think. At 22 to 1. I think he's a fair bet each way, but I expect the top two to dominate. But look, every drop of rain brings horses like him into it, and I think he'll run well. So he, he, he'd he be a tentative selection. I think the favourite will win, but tentative each way array just if it gets pretty bad. Yeah, Sid, your toy's got a US pedigree in Justify. You just can't imagine him wanting to run on that background. We'll see how that uh, develops over the weekend then. So they've got the Group one at two o'clock, and then at two forty, got the massive handicap. There is the Cesarowicz over the two miles two furlong that Roly course with thirty four runners, couple of reserves in the mix as well. The likes of Pied Piper and Vino Vitrix and looking to go ahead. We've got the Shunter in there, another Irish horse coming over, another horse that's been over the fences, just like. Uh, the, the favourite uh, Pied Piper over the hurdle course. And, and Goshen looks like he's going to take his part. Gary Moore was saying earlier in the week he'd only run if there was cut in the ground. I think he's got his uh, his wishes there. Jesse Evans, another Irish raider for Noel 
me not so sleepy who you tipped up recently won at newbury uh, by a couple of lengths tash khan who came back to winning ways at chester on a tight course um two weeks ago i was covering that race and the, he stayed on late to win there and obviously loads and loads of opportunities in in what is a, a massive field with those reserves in it before we hear from bill let's hear from one of the trainers I caught up on Thursday morning with David Pipe. He's got a couple in this race, including the ex-Aiden O'Brien horse, Wordsworth, uh, who they purchased recently. He's had one run for them, ran over the hurdles at Bangor and won that very easily indeed. And I started off by asking David why and how did they come to the decision to run in the Cesaroage? Well, that was one of the reasons for buying the horse and Caroline Tisdale's uh, two favourite races are the Grand National and the Cesaroage. So... Um, he um, ticked the boxes for this race. Um, obviously, very difficult off 105. Um, hence, we're claiming five pounds off him with Christian Howarth. So, yeah, he had a prep run round Banger over hurdles, which is slightly different. But um, mm-hmm. but he went. Uh, he obviously did it very well. And um, yeah, no, we're looking forward to Saturday. It's a big weight, as you say, nine twelve. He's rated 105. How important was it to get a five-pound claimer on board? Do you think? Um, I th- I think it makes makes sense. You know, he's been rated 111 at his best. Yeah. Um, but um, look, you know, to win a <laughs> to win a handicap like that, um, you know, it's it's you probably usually want to be at uh, the lower end of the weights, but um, he goes there in good form. So um, uh, we'll um, take a chance. They're getting a bit of rain, which should suit as well um so looking forward to it and how did you manage to get him because obviously he's with aiden o'brien and then he was sold to ireland run a couple of races over in ireland still and then for, you picked yeah, him for up john, yeah for john halley and then we bought him privately through uh tom malone off off john halley we've, we've had a few horses off john halley and um we've been quite lucky out of uh out of bally doyle um so let's hope the luck continues and the owner professor tisdale she's been a really loyal owner to you over the years, hasn't she? Yeah, no, she's an amazing lady. Um, you know, she's had um, three Cheltenham Festival winners, a French champion hurdle winner, along with many others. So we hope to um, continue the, the winning for her. And he's won at Bangor. I mean, obviously the horse that was right up alongside him fell late on, but it was the canter in the end. We were expecting him to win that easily or just really performed that well on his debut for the yard i was surprised how much speed he, he showed around banger because it's a it's a tight track banger yeah. it was only two miles obviously he's a strong stayer on the flat so i was surprised um obviously he wouldn't have won as easy if um the other horse hadn't fallen at the second last but he had had things in control um and uh, jack you know struggled to pull him up after the race so he wanted to go around again you've said that the owner loves the race, but what are the the future plans after the Cesarowicz for for Wordsworth? He's is a Galileo, so a nice little bit of breeding in in the the pipe yard. But what are the the, the longer term plans for me? Obviously, he'll go back hurdling then, won't he? Yeah, he'll go back hurdling. Um, he's still a cult at present, so the plan will be to um, geld him at some point. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully he's a dual purpose horse. Um, so you know uh, the flat again um, next summer, and uh, yeah, hopefully win a few hurdle races in between. And how much fun is that for a trainer to be able to run on the flat and over the, uh, the hurdles as well? 
Well, I think it's, it's lovely to have those type of, types of horses. Um, you know, certain owners like those type of horses as well. Um, they're harder to get nowadays um, because a lot gets sold abroad, and um, some don't, and they don't even come up uh, for sale. So they are they are harder to get nowadays. But um, so yeah, hopefully this this fella um, will have lots of fun with him. And also, you've got a second horse running in the Cesarich on, on Saturday. So not just Wordsworth. No bashful boy. He's at the other end of the weights. Um, he's done well on the flat. He ran in the trial at Newmarket a few weeks ago. Um, around a decent race, uh, he would what the, the the drier the better for him. Um, so uh, look, he deserves to take his chance. You know, he's not as classy as Wordsworth, obviously, but he's at the right end of the weights. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, he wants the rain to keep away, whereas um, a bit more rain for uh, Wordsworth to go on anything, but a bit more rain won't get, won't go amiss. As trainer David Pipe, we thank him for his time on Thursday morning chatting about his two runners. In the Cesarewitch Bill, Wordsworth, clearly the, the class act, and the owner wants to have a runner in the race, so she'll enjoy herself come rain or shine at Newmarket on Saturday at 2.40 and onwards. But this Pied Piper, who used to be owned by the Queen on the flat, now with Gordon Elliott, who's won some of his races, ran second at Cheltenham, didn't he, on soft going. They've got Ryan Moore on board, really interesting booking for the Elliott Yard. How did you see the Cesaro? Which I know you went on Wednesday and had a look at it, and and the going sort of changed a little bit, hasn't it, since then? Yeah, I mean, I had, had to preview the race in, in Tuesday going into Wednesday's paper, and I gambled, you know, gambled that the weather would was going to take the turn, uh, which it, it has done. I put up two horses then, and you know, I'm not going to abandon ship with those. Um, the first of those was Temporize. Um, who obviously we haven't seen since Glorious Goodwood, um, when you know Temporize made you know slow horses look even slower, but won the two and a half mile handicap round um, at Goodwood. It's seven pounds higher now. Um, was a non-runner back at Goodwood last month, and you know has been kept fresh for this, but handles bad ground, stays really well. Um, Brilliantly trained by Sid Hosey, uh, just a just a galloper, relentless galloper in the mud. And, yeah, I put him up at 25s. You know, you can still get 20s with hills. I think that's more than fair. I think he'll start closer to 10, 12 to 1. Uh, if conditions get really bad, it's a slog. It's it's going to play to his strengths. Um, and I think he'll go really well. Um, the other horse I put up... Um, who's still, you know, I put him up at 33s and he's still not far off that. He's 25s, is Zoffy. Um, he's still 33s with Hillsman enough. They've just gone 33s this morning. Um, Zoffy, you need a bit more imagination with him, but the thing I liked about uh, Zoffy is, look, he, he returned off this mark of 93 um, to be a close second in a Chester Cup over the same trip on soft ground, next second to Metier. That was his best run, first time up when fresh. Um, and then followed it up with a good sixth at Ascot behind a horse with no name off 95, so two pounds higher. Run at Newcastle probably came too soon. Um, and then there was a bad run at Ascot, which you can forgive in August, hasn't been seen since. Dropped back down to that mark, that mark of 93. Uh, was, you know, a, a, a good 
you know, forced in this race 12 months ago off this mark of 93 when Frankie rode and didn't have the smoothest of passages. I just thought it was a horse that can run well at a big price. And, you know, looking at the prices now, I wouldn't put you off. He's, he's the six places available. You know, if he's if he's back to that Chester form, he, sh- he should be there. Or there are the pr- bouts at the, the prices. Um, so I'm not going to abandon the two horses I put up earlier in the week. I'm happy with them. Uh, you know, to mention the others, favourite, Pie Piper. Um, if it turns into a real slog, I don't think that necessarily helps him. Uh, nine to two is plenty short enough. Um, David did say that the Gordon Elliott team were happy with him, uh, but this is a very different test. He's got to prove he's got stamina and the balls for a race like this. Um, Vino Vitrix uh, for the Huey Morrison team was second in the race last year, but he wouldn't want the ground to get too soft. Shunter's interesting from Ireland, but the big prices early in the week have disappeared. Uh, this looks to be the plan. Um, from a long, long time out, but you know, that's, that secret's gone and the shunt will, will run well. But um, if I was to add one to the portfolio, uh, we've already got two anti-posts. If I was to throw one in uh, now, it'd probably be if you can get kind of 18s Goshen, um, even 16s, I think you'd have, have a, a fair bet there. He's, he's a horse who um, is really well handicapped on the flat Goshen. And that's, that's the key with him. Um, you know, blind you kind of feel he's a 98 horse or a 96 horse he's rated 88 on the flat and we know how effective he is on background uh when he can boss over this kind of trip and yeah i thought he was well worth throwing a few credit off a mark of 88 because he can go forward um try and try and front run in the cesarich him and not so sleepy will go forward um but yeah i thought he was he was worth a worth a, a small speculative each way wager but yeah cracking race and uh looking forward to it great stuff and that's the cesarich at uh new market 240 on saturday afternoon straight after the dewhurst and then we've got the uh, 315 to look forward to the zetland stakes is a group three over a mile and a quarter small field going to post here for the two-year-olds who uh, are back out as again, as I say, quite a few two-year-old races coming up this weekend. Uh, Arabian Crown goes for Charlie Appleby. He's won two of his three. Another son of Dubawi. Gaspar de Lemos comes over for Aidan O'Brien. Another Justify offspring. So it, uh, he's probably not going to enjoy the ground if it's going to be bad. He won at the Cora on yielding to soft, to be fair. And he won by three lengths. So maybe... That's uh, not quite right for him, and we'll see. Uh, Dan Buster goes for Andrew Balling, having won his only start, and good to soft at Sandown. Mary Bell is in there for Rafe Beckett, and down the star in the ammo colours brings up the field. Only five in the Zetlin for you, Bill. Yeah, not a terrific betting race. Um, you know, I can certainly see there'll be a fair few taking on the favourite Arabian Crown with Gaspar de Limos. Um, of Aidan O'Brien's it looks a bit of a shootout between the two certainly give a chance to Dan Buster and Mirabella that only played 1-1-1 one, one, one each um, so he's st- still learning a bit about them and they could be anything but um, starting with Arabian Crown looks the most obvious winner here handles background one at Sandown back in July on soft ground looks a relentless galloper by another by Jabawi out of Jabai Rose um, step up and trip looks a real plus with this this one um, Jabai Rose was a proper stayer and um, went on background too. And look, you just got a feeling that this has been the plan. Um, the natural course, step up to a mile and quarter, um, just looks hard to oppose. It's just the price is six to five. It's not not a terrific price. And Gaspar de Limos stepped back in trip on depth from his debut. And so it's weird to be stretching out to a mile and two on background. 
um, handled some softish stuff in the past, but um, look, I, I'd rather be with a Godolphin horse, if truth be told, uh, even though Gaspar de Limos is a much bigger prize, I'd rather be with a Godolphin horse because I think he's straightforward and fairly bomb-proof, uh, but I won't have a bet in the race. I'll certainly watch it, and it wouldn't be a surprise if if a few of these didn't take their chance or one or two of these didn't take their chance if the ground got really bad. But, um, yeah, Arabian Crown gets the vote. The older horses return at 3.50 in the one-mile, one-furlong Darley Stakes. It's a group three with a field of 10 due to go to post. The likes of Knight for Simon and Ed Crisford, who's been second twice in a row. Highland Avenue for Godolphin and Charlie Appleby, who's been fourth twice in a row. Another son of Dubai. We've got real gain here for Richard Hughes, who's having a pretty good season, I think, Richard. I think he'll be very happy with the way things have developed. He won at Newmarket back in September a couple of weeks ago. Spirit Dancer and Dubai Future, who's trained by Saeed, Another son of Dubai for Godolphin. And uh, others go there as well. Silver Sword is, is in the mix too. Um, but Knight's at the top of the market. This one's a bit more of an open-looking race though, Bill. Yeah, this is a race I covered in my Antipost preview in Wednesday's paper because I put up real gain at 10s uh, with Hills. He's now 7s, but he, the, the price is still there. My logic for going for him is that this race had a really interesting betting appeal for me because when you look at the top of the market, you know, Knight is a horse that will love the background. Uh, it's a horse that I, I've always liked. I'm not sure he's crying out for the step up in trip. I may have got that completely wrong, but this is a proper mile and one. It'll feel like a mile and a quarter of the ground's bad and chewed up. But he's he's by Maymas and uh, he's out of um, Fidaha, Fidaha uh, the mayor who you know, was was unproven. Could 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 be could, could stay, but wasn't wasn't you know wasn't all about stamina. But um, Knight was is all about speed, and I just wonder whether he might curl up late on. And I wanted to take him on. Highland Avenue has been frustrating and not been great this season. Um, bits and pieces of form was third to our day on his reappearance. Um, you know he's he, he's got soft ground form, but he's got to prove himself. He's just been a bit disappointing. There was one one good run at Ascot, but outside of that, there's, it's a bit hit and miss. Um, I, I just was really taken by Real Gain. Um, he's climbed through the handicap ranks um, and was a really impressive course and distance winner. Uh, admittedly, off in a handicap off a of marker ninety one on decent ground. Um, Richard Hughes. Expensive purchase cost one hundred and ten thousand at the at the sales. Um, going about his his job nicely. If you watch a replay of that win at Newmarket last time, he won by five and a half lengths. Admittedly, it wasn't a great field, but he quickened up, stayed all the way to line. Will relish a further step up in trip. Um, ground is a bit of an unknown, but on on, on there's nothing to suggest he won't handle it. And actually. Um, Richard Hughes' quota saying he didn't want to run him on, on fast ground. So he's a three-year-old. Three-year-olds won three of the last four runnings of this race. Um, they get a fair bit of weight from their elders. Um, I just like this horse's attitude, and I think he'll be here. He, he he can take the, the, the step up into group class, um, and he'll be finishing off 
well and I still think he's the one I want to be with um, even though the price is a bit short than it was he's not the double figure price anymore I still think he'll run really well um, if I was to add one to the mix I think Spirit Dancer will run well he's on a on a four timer having won his last three I haven't seen him since uh, York's Ebel meeting where he lowered the colours of a below par nostrum but he's going about his job really well um, you know whether he wants it really soft or not remains to be seen but um, I think he's you know he's won on a soft before I think he'll keep his kind of progressive nature um, he's 15 to 2 with Coral and Bet Victor I think that's a that's a, that's a great bet um, yeah, I, I would be prepared to bat the pair of them Spirit Dancer on real game kind of 7s and 15 to 2 I think that's the way I play it Obviously it's a great day's racing at Newmarket coming up on Saturday they're the races that we're going to cover from there on the podcast today. So we'll have a look at York and a handful of the races there that we'll uh, delve into. We're going back to two-year-olds to start off with. They start at 115, six furlong at Rockingham Stakes. It's listed quality, double-figure field going to post for this. The likes of Puro San goes for Andrew Balding, who's been second three times in a row now. Goodwood, York and Air all over five furlongs on a mixture of ground, although Pruor um, saying has run once over the trip here, six furlongs. That was at Newmarket when finishing fifth on that occasion. Style all goes for Sir Michael Stout in the Judmont colours, Esquire in the Cheveley Park colours for David O'Mara, who won his only start uh, up at Hamilton. The King and Queen have serried ranks in there for Rafe Beckett, training that one, and sketches in there as well for Freddie and Martin Mead. The ground at York would appear to be a little bit uh, firmer than we're going to see at Newmarket, although the rain seems to be more in the north of England than it has in the south recently. So maybe that will change as well. What do you reckon to the opener there? Yeah, the ground's the key here. I mean, on Friday morning, we're recording it soft, good to soft in places. Um, they had, well, they recorded 8.2 millimetres of rain up to 8.30 on Friday, and they said it was still raining. Mm. Um, and they expect it to carry on throughout the afternoon. Um, how much rain falls for the rest of Friday, it will will definitely ease the ground. Um, looking at the, fo- the forecast is unsettled for, for tomorrow, um, Saturday, which has to be a bit of a worry because you feel the the ground could you know the ground could easily turn soft. Uh, um, so yeah, tra- trade carefully with York. I'm, I'm not working on the basis of, of decent ground. It's 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 got to be soft, um, which is a worry. I was keen to give Star Law a go, but I, on the with the ground, I'm definitely worried. Um, this is a, a Michael Stout lightly raced horse who who travelled really well over seven at Sandown last time, and the drop back in trip was a clever move. He's by Kingman, but just looks a looks a fast ground horse to me and, and that's a concern i think we could get a fair few non-runners uh on this card um i thought the first race was really trappy uh pure saying of, of the ballings is going to be favorite um like you say is the step up and trip an act of desperation i don't know it's just he's run really well to be second three times on the bang it's becoming a bit of a habit they want to kind of break um star law will probably want better ground Serid ranks is is improving one two of it two is three i certainly get him i think um 15 to two is a is a, is a fair enough price um for him uh and then you've got a squire sketch you can make a case out tropical island the phillies running well she, she can be back to 12s um look if i had to have a bat, bet in this i'd probably back Serid ranks at 15 to two i think that's the way i'd play it um for rafe beckett and the king i think um that's probably the way I'd play the opener. 
Okay, we'll look at the 225, which is the uh, Cole Sprint Trophy Handicap. Run over six furlongs and a big field of 22 due to go the post here. And these, we know, like our neighbours, pretty much. Horses like Significantly, who came and won the Air Gold Cup after I tipped it up. Hooray, I got one right for change. Uh, he was second before that, just behind Anav in the Portland. Anav's come out and won a Group 3 since. The form is solid. Julie Camacho, excellent trainer. And they've got Ryan Sexton now claiming three on board to take a little bit of the weight off. He's only going up from 94 to 98. There could be still a little bit more work insignificantly to come with those cheek pieces on. He's taken on horses that he's beaten already, as you would imagine in a sprint like this. Likes of Alba Shear is going to be in there, Apollo 1, Pendleton, Wob Wob Wob, who won the Silver Cup up at Air. He's in the race. Paul Mulrennan taking over from Holly Doyle on this occasion. The old favourite Montesibs back in LA dancers in there. Laugh a minute. Our old friend Summerhand, he's at every party, isn't it? Goodness me. Bielsa and Mr. Wagu could be said the same about them with Abarama Gold in Kings Lynn. Escobar, it just got the list just goes on and on and on. It's whose turn to win today and whose turn is it to win at York on, on Saturday building. It's significantly still in there with a shout he's done me proud this season. Yeah, massive chance significantly. He he he's probably of the leading fences, the one I'd probably stick with. Um, you know, you want to traditionally be drawn it's guessing the draw is hard, but you want to be drawn low, I think, here. Um, in this race. That's where they they came last year and I think they turned to migrate over there. But I wouldn't be be hundred percent sure, but um that's probably the way I'd I'd like to play it. Um significantly he's just in great form, like 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 you said. Um he's remarkably only four pounds higher than when kind of short-headed in a Portland and then went and won an air gold cup. Um, he's only gone up four pounds for those two runs and runs off a mark of 98 handles bad ground. If should the ground turn, turn soft, um, you know, he's four pounds higher with Ryan Sexton taking three pounds off. So, yeah. um, you know, when you watch a replay of that air gold cup, you know, you, you could name in the winner two out. You were absolutely cantering and had a bit of traffic problems and still got the job done. Um, don't want to abandon him yet. I think he could could go in again, particularly with conditions in his favour. Um, 11 or 2 with Hills, he would be my first selection. You know, I don't normally swing at the top of the market, but, you know, him and Al Bashir, the two obvious ones, Al Bashir flew home um, in the Air Gold Cup and, and you know, he's 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 a player too, but I go significantly on the ground. Um, and then at a much bigger price, you know, I was looking at Wob Wob Wob. He could run well if the ground goes bad and laugh a minute. The Irish Raider seems pretty pretty versatile when it comes to ground. But there was a horse here at 33s that I couldn't help but throw a few quid at, and that's Hyper Focus. He's 33s with Paddy Power and Bet365. Um, he is, look, he's a bit long on the tooth. He's nine years old now. Um, but he's running off a mark of 89 here, um, which is he hasn't run in the 80s for a long, long time. And there's just bits and pieces of his form that suggest that he could go pretty close. Now, the first thing to mention is that, you know, he, he was second in this race 12 months ago off 92. And here we are 12 months on and he's three pounds lower. The ground's not a problem for him. Um, you know, he's, he runs on all, on all sorts, but he's a soft ground winner um, earlier in the year at, uh, at Ripon over five. Um, he's pretty versatile. Um, 
he was better a couple of starts back at Chester. Um, wasn't so good at York last time or the time before last and, and, and at Ripon. But look, he, he's just drawn in the right part of the track. Big price, 33s. I thought I'd play him each way at 33s and significantly. But look, as you said, it could be anyone, but that's the way I play that race. Yeah, always great to, to watch, but oh, so frustrating. Sometimes your horse doesn't get the run significantly didn't get the run and still won it there so you've got to mark him up for that and uh, he'll be another one to to follow this weekend i think we're going to look at one more race at york and that's the 335 extended mile and a quarter handicap with uh 13 runners due to go to post now there's a horse called believing stars which you would have thought Trained by Sir Michael Stout and by Said to Hale would have been by See the Stars. It's gonna, it's, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's in there, isn't it? No, it's by Make Believe. How did they get away with that? <laughs> I mean, that, that, that just shouldn't be shouldn't be allowed. Anyway, Believe in Stars. It's going to be one of the favourites here. Uh, Yala Kell is in there for William Haggis, who won at Donny over ten furlongs on soft going. Most recently, Scamp is owned by the Race Share Racing Club. They've had lots of fun with Scampi having won in Shergar Cup Day at uh, Ascot and has been in a couple of big races since then for Andrew Balding. Alto goes for Ian Williams for the uh, first time for him and certain lad for Jack Shannon, who was fifth behind balanced play at Newbury. Obelix is in there as well. Hartswood's another one that we've seen quite a lot of the season, the uh, 335. It's not a sea of the stars, but it's believing stars. Do we believe? Yeah, I mean, he 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 could be the the, the kind of class edge here. It's just it's whether a mark of ninety four is a lenient starting point or not. I'm not so sure it is. I think he's going to have to be pretty good to defy that first time up. This is a very different test on ground that's a lot softer than he's probably encountered, to be honest. Um, so I wouldn't be in a hurry to take five to two about him. I thought this was horribly horribly difficult this race um believe in stars uh, I, I leave him on price grounds um laya keel is um cliff horse for many um bounced back to form uh donny last time over a mile and a quarter on soft ground um having previously been fifth to scampi um this this little step up back to, to mobile mile two and a half would be perfect um if i was to be betting at the top of the market i would Probably be around being more interested in La Yaquil, but drawn trap 12, you know, still jury's out whether he's the real deal. He's off a mark at 99 now, he's up four pounds. His life's just a bit tougher for La Yaquil. I could totally, totally see him, but I was keen to, to aim a bit kind of uh, something at a bigger price. Um, Oblix has got to prove he handles the ground. Um, Scampi's had a busy old season and, you know, the handicap has given a bit of breathing space, but I'm not sure he's he's ready to run. Um, I'm going to stick with the horse that I put up at Newbury last time, who actually ran far better than the finishing position suggests, and that's Certain Lad. Um, the ground was really bad at Newbury the day that Thunder Bear won. And if you press pause two out in that race, you would be amazed if Certain Lad was out the frame. Um, and would have fancied him to go close to winning it. That was off a mark of 101. Um, he'd previously been second at Sandown, so he's been been running well. Um, he kind of took it up at Newbury a long way out and went quite hard two out and was came off the bridle at the furlong pole um, and then just curled up a bit late on um, on, on bad ground. J uh, George Bass takes the ride again, takes three pounds off, admittedly top weight, but 9-7 on an easier track. Um 
back at York, which are, you know, don't mind front runners there. And yeah, I just thought thought, thought the price of 12s was, you know, lots of these firms, some of them are five places, but the most are four places. I thought 12s, it'd just give you a good run for your money from the front um, off a mark of 100. He's a horse with a really good kind of back show of, of runs and... Um, you know, I, I I thought he was he was the way I'd like to play it. I think he can go well, and twelve to one each way is the way I'd play that one. So they race the Chartin again this Sunday. They've got a ten race card. It all starts at six o'clock in the morning. Our Hong Kong racing expert Wally Pyra joins us once again. And you were saying to me just before we came on air to record this, Wally, that it's a a really good card, and there are lots of good stories to be had this weekend. Yeah, you're right, Chris. As you say, the 10 races starts at 6 o'clock. All 10 races are very interesting. Um, it's possibly the most exciting uh, programme, race programme in, in Hong Kong this season and, and undoubtedly has the best race um of the season so far, which is the Shouting Trophy. It's a handicap. It's worth £540,000 in prize money. It's run over a mile, 10 runners, and it features, let's look, we've got our old favourite, the crowd favourite, California Spangle, back in action, makes his long-awaited seasonal debut. Uh, I mean, this is a horse that doesn't need too much to be said about. He's run 18 times. He's won 10 and been placed in his other eight. So that's that sort of horse, which obviously endears to all Hong Kong, the the racing public and the fans out there. They just love a horse like that. One little bit of a difference is the jockey. There is no regular pilot, Zach Purton, on it. Um... You could say that Purton probably has a little, little bit of worries about this horse, and he's obviously going to pin his pin his uh, what's what's the word pin his mask to um, Beauty Eternal, uh, but it wasn't was messing about a little bit. Tony Cruz couldn't wait and said, "Look, forget it, don't ride it. I'll get Hugh Bowman to ride," um, and he's and he's been reported to be riding it for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. What I'd say about California Spangle, he's got a difficult task anyway. He's carrying top weight against some pretty fair performance. But what worries me a little bit, and this is personal, is that last season, I've gone through the uh, the records of California Spangle and his track work. He had seven trials last season, mostly with Pertinable, and he won them all. In all, for all the big races before he ran against the the Golden Sixties, the Romantic Warriors, the Lucky Swanners. He won all these trials. This year, he's had two trials before this first race when he started back in working all, and he's been beaten in both of them. Now, does that say that he's not quite the horse that he used to be? I don't know. Maybe these hard, tough races are taking a bit of a toll on him. So I'm overlooking him. As, as as regards a potential winner. Um, I'm looking down the field. You've got the likes of Russian Emperor, Straight Aaron, Senor Toba, Straight, obviously, Russian Emperor, Group 1 winner, won the Champions and Chater Cup last season. 
But these horses all look like they're best over longer trips than a mile. They're like mm-hmm. the nine furlong, the ten furlong, even the twelve furlongs for the likes of Russian Empire and Straight Aaron. So I I take it that I feel that they're just building up for the tougher assignments later in the year. You've got the ultra consistent likes of Beauty, Joy, and Circuit, Circuit Stella. Yeah. They always run good races. Sometimes they surprise and get in the frame, but you really wouldn't think they're probably good enough. Money Catcher is a horse that he's very well handicapped if you take his form literally last year with California Spangle. He's run three times over, over a mile, hasn't won. He's been placed in, well, he's finished second in all three runs. He's looked good in trials. He's a horse that could possibly run well here and certainly get into the frame. But lastly, you've got to talk about Beauty Eternal. Making his his seasonal appearance, this is a horse that won seven of his ten races, was officially rated by the handicapper to have improved 60 pounds, 60 pounds in Mm. weight um, last season, second in the Hong Kong Derby. He's trialled okay, a couple of his things. He gets £12 from California Spangle, and I really do believe he needs to win this race or if he's going to get beaten, picked on the post, if he, if he has any serious aspirations about lining up at the um, international meeting in December. Can I just ask you a couple of questions on that? Um, first of all, Beauty Eternal is trained by John Size, and as you told us last week, he doesn't get going until later. And secondly, California Spangle, who likes to lead, he's drawn in 10. That's not ideal either, is it? No, but he's he's got the speed. The Spangle's got the speed to get over. You're right about uh, um, John's size. We did mention it last Friday. But unfortunately, that meeting was blown away by the... Um, uh, what do you call it, the, the winds over in Hong Kong. The meeting was abandoned because of the uh, typhoon. Um, so he had a few runners on Sun on, on Wednesday. They ran OK. Look, I know it's not great. He's naught from 35, but you don't get the best trainer in Hong Kong history yeah. not having a winner. It will happen, and then the floodgates will open. Okay. So... I'm going for it. I'm going to go for Beauty Eternal with the hope that he actually wins and then he's got something to look forward to later in the year. Okay. Now, let's have the other the other races have got some interesting runs. I'll go through them briefly because there is quite, a, as I say, a number of races that are worth looking at and a number of um, interesting horses that have got big futures that are worth looking on Sunday and certainly worth taking a ball for um, future big races. You've got Kai Ying Warrior in the 7 o'clock, the 6 furlong handicap. If you if you'd had Betfair over there, he would have been 1.01 when he <laughs> hit the furlong marker with Perton uh-huh. sitting double. Unfortunately, you take it, Was he? did he run out of condition or didn't he want to go through it? That's the big question you've got to ask yourself about that mm-hmm. horse. But he's certainly got an lot, awful lot of ability. Then we've got Division 2 of the Sun Tin Wai handicap over seven furlongs. We've got horses like Street Fighter, who's up in dist- uh, 
he's up in sorry smart fighter who's up in distance looks a very useful horse noble pursuit from the casper founds yard he's a winner waiting to happen and then uh, this is the horse that i'm into this david hayes horse not a particularly great horse young horizon owned by my ex well not my ex when i used to work from the racing club He's this is his trip. He had a nice pipe opener at the valley over six furlongs a few weeks back. But what interests me is that Purton has obviously asked to ride this horse because he's riding at his minimum weight, which is very unusual for Purton to be riding at minimum weight so early in the season. So you think that that must have a chance, but really and truly an interesting race. He's trained by David Hayes. David Hayes then has got later on, he's got a horse called Snaffles. Snaffles has, has never had much luck. He's only been over in Hong Kong for a year, but he's had so much misfortune in races and health issues. Last time out, he should have won over a mile. He got bot well, he never saw daylight until till too late. Really and truly, he's a winner without a penalty. It's a very highly competitive handicap. But if he does get some luck, you would imagine that Snaffles should be able to win. Maybe Master of Fortune, Packing Hurricane can be obvious dangers in that race. Then let's turn the attention to a, a bit of the later races. We've got, talking about David Hayes, I've just talked to him about Snaffles and Young Horizon. It's a big day for David Hayes. I mean, the legendary trainer, he, he's had a tough time since he came back to Hong Kong a few years, uh, a few seasons back. Hasn't worked out. He needs a horse to put his name in lights. And he possibly has got that in a horse called Lucky Encounter, who runs in the 940. Um is a potentially a very smart sprinter speedster. You're going to say to me, looking at well, he's got the outside draw, but he's got a blistering turn of foot out the out of the starting gates, and you would imagine he will be out in front or near Vine for the lead from the start. He's got a big chance. I hope he wins for David Hayes. He's got Enterprise Attack. Is probably his main danger in that race. But it's, a, it's well worth watching. If he does win this race, you could see probably this horse could be running in group group three company by the end of the season, maybe better. So keep an eye out on him. You've got the highly talented, joyful Hunter, who lost his unbeaten record when beaten by Lucky Encounter last time out. Um, he runs in a seven furlong handicap at 10.15. It's a bit of a tough race for him with the likes of Flamingo, Trillian, Mataj, Dragon, an excellent fighter in opposition. They're all good horses. Joyful Hunter needs plenty of space. He's a, he's a monster-looking horse. But if he does, he's got a huge chance, but it's a really interesting race. And if that wasn't enough, you want to have a look at the last race. He's a real, real corker of a sprint. You've got Packing Treadmill, Flying Ace, Beauty Charge, my favourite horse, Nordic Dragon, 
um, all renewing rivalry on their race that they ran at uh, Charlton a few weeks back. Plus, you've got Dream Winner, who was supposed to be the second coming last year when he had three races um, over the five furlong trips, spaced them all, all um, when he won those three races. He made his seasonal appearance again over five furlongs. It didn't work. He didn't run a bad race, but he was, I think he was the shortest price, price favourite this season, 1.3, got turned over. He now steps up in distance, got a tough draw, but if he's as good as everybody says he is, he probably should win, but I wouldn't be a big guarantee on that. I think it's a really, really good race. So all in all, there's a lot of interesting horses to say. I have to I have to say that just before I go, there is a horse that I'm quite interested in, as an each way horse. Mm-hmm. And it runs in the what is it? It runs in the 630. I will I will get up early to see this race. Normally I'd wait a before I had me bacon and eggs. And purely and simply, it's a horse called Lucky Fun. Now, this horse was backed off the boards last time it ran. I think it was back from, well, it was certainly double figure odds down to nine to two. Nobody said too much about it. It got beat by a, a useful horse called Always Flute, who runs again on Sunday. But Lucky Fun never, ever saw daylight in the whole of the home straight. I watched it. He was pulled backwards and forwards, left, right and centre. Now, the, 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 the interesting thing is he's he's gone down in trip. He's now running over the straight five furlongs. I would imagine he should be a good price. So I shall certainly be looking to have a few dollars each way on Lucky Fun on Sunday at six, the 6.30. It's not, an, as I say, it's one of the lowly races on the card. But to me, I just think it's interesting on Sunday. Thanks, Wally. Looks like a really interesting card on Sunday morning from 6am at Charting Racecourse in Hong Kong. You can catch it all on Sky Sports Racing this weekend. Thanks to Bill Esdale and to our special guest, to David Pipe, for joining us on today's episode. And that's it from us for today. We'll be back again next week as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's top racing action. And of course, it is Champions Day at Ascot next Saturday. So we really look forward to that. So please make sure to join us then if you can. Don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips. You can follow the tips from both Bill and Wally on the City AM website. And you can follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music or Stitcher and then you'll get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Have a good weekend. Can't wait for next Saturday, Champions Day at Ascot. Make sure you join us next Friday for the podcast. Bye for now. <laughs>